theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. Three, two, one. Welcome back, friends. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to another episode of your favorite podcast, Life Out of the Box. How is the world doing today, specifically you, Quinn? Oh, I am doing great, and I hope all of our friends are doing great today, too. How are you? We have wonderful friends uh, that listen to our podcast all over the world, and we are grateful for every single one of you. And today, we are going to follow up our conversation on happiness, which we're always searching for, are we not? I think we all are to a certain extent. I mean... Hector is from the book slash movie, Hector and the Search for Happiness. Love this movie. It was a classic that we were honestly very surprised that we had never seen before. Instantly in my top five favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it came out in 2014. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, so it's, it's almost a classic at this point. But yeah, it's a very good movie. And he's basically searching for happiness. We had one episode prior where we discussed some of the findings that he found on his journey. And we're going to jump right into it because this one, this one's got a lot in it. We alluded to one portion of it, but there's another portion that I want to emphasize a little bit more. So one of his findings was that many people think happiness comes from having more power or more money. Power is the one that I'm kind of intrigued into hearing your thoughts on. That is interesting. Power. Well, what is power? Hmm. Power is influence over others. I think so. I mean, I think that's that's what I would define it as over yeah influence over others and influence over yourself I assume oh I don't know if that's included in that but let's think explain that that could be interesting yeah I don't know I I think that power and money unfortunately do tend to go hand in hand in this world where capitalism um you know reigns which I'm not opposed to capitalism by any means but no, i think that the, i think that you know the motivation for why people want power mm-hmm. or money is a crucial question yeah. like what is what is the reason why you want power yeah. is it to manipulate people to do things that you want to do like what what's the reason i mean i feel you know i've i've definitely just personally had moments where i felt like powerless in certain situations with work or my career or whatever mm-hmm. and I've said, I know to you, I just wish I, ha- I've, I had more power. But those are in moments of, you know, when I'm, I'm feeling low and, mm-hmm. and powerless. Um, but it, I've never wanted power to, you know, reign over people. It's just very, it's a very interesting question. So why people feel that happiness includes money and power. Yeah. Well, let's go with the question of does money lead to more power and does power lead to more money thoughts i do think there is a bit of a symbiotic relationship between the two yeah um i would say that more money does offer more ability to get control of mm-hmm. certain things pay people to control certain things so power yeah perhaps? so maybe power what about yeah. the opposite um i think it can i think it can but would you say one relationship stronger like would more often you find money is perceived as giving more power than power is perceived as giving get, get a way of acquiring more money? I don't, I, that's a good question. I really don't know. I'd have to think about that a little bit. I would say 
I would say money does offer the ability for more power. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the more power you have, the more ability you do probably have to acquire more money. Right. I'm not sure which one is kind of like a chicken or the egg situation. Right. But in my brain, in all honesty, I often think money leads to power. I put power as the dependent variable. And I do recognize how power can lead to money. And I kind of, if I were to rename this, this would be called the negative cycle. Like there's no winning. It's an ongoing thing. Mm. Want more money to get more power, more power to get more money. There's no true goal unless it's just meeting measures within the same cycle over and over and over again. I think there's something deeper within that cycle that should be investigated with each person as to why do you want money or why do you want power? Mm -hmm. And when you get into that question, that's where the focus should be. Once you, once you figure that out, that's where the focus should be. So for us, why do we want money? It's not to get happiness. It may be to get more power to do what to make a positive impact. And therefore, money is the tool to help us get the ability to do so. Yeah. And yeah, I don't view it as much of the other way of, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make a bigger impact to get more money. If I'm, if anything, my cycle would be trying to make a larger impact to enable myself to make a larger impact, yeah. which may require acquiring more tools, money to build upon and build upon and snowball effect it to the next level. Yeah, that's really, really well said. I, I would say maybe if if we see money as a tool and, you know, the tool allows for certain powers to be felt, influenced, mm. right? Yeah. Then I would say the most negative one would probably be, you know, using that tool to acquire more power just to acquire more tools. Mm. Like that seems like a really like... It's another cycle. That's a cycle, exactly. But if you use the tool to gain more power to actually have an impact, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Gates Foundation, for example, has the ability to literally vaccinate certain um, illnesses off the planet, right? That's amazing. That's an amazing, impactful use of one's power and money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there are, you know, I think there are centralized forces that acquire power and money, right? That could be a corporation. That could also be an individual. I mean, I think about Gandhi as uh, someone who's kind of like a unicorn, a unique person who was able to actually gain influence, not using money, right? Right. It was actually really more of like a community. I also think of a lot of the protests that we saw in 2020, you know, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, power to the people coming together. There's a power of community also that, that comes, that's not centralized. It's, it's decentralized. It's like people coming together to actually, Mm -hmm. you know, make their, make sure their voices are heard. But of course, money can be a tool also to influence that, to make that, that community power actually even more well heard around the world. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing, but I think that's a really, really great point that the book makes. Well, I think it's interesting that they say more power or more money. So they actually do separate it and it makes it quite complex, but let's just, do you agree with the statement that many people think happiness comes from having more power or more money? Yes. I agree with that. I do. Would you say the majority? Yeah. Ah, that's so sad. I do. Yeah. Unfortunately. But do we do we believe that uh, happiness comes from having more power or money? No. Because 
Like, it what? depends on what you do with that power and that money. Right. That's well said. All right. That was well summarized. I yeah, actually agree I think so too. Completely. Yeah. So that's our perspective on that one. Yeah. And I like how he starts it with many people. Many people. You yeah. Know, it's not, it's not a finding. Like, sometimes finding is not, is figuring out what it's not. Yeah. Versus figuring out what it is. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Shall we do another one? Yes, we shall. Sometimes happiness is not knowing the whole story. This one's a little deep. That one's great. That one to me makes <laughs> me think of the quote, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I get that. Ignorance is bliss. Not knowing the whole story. Sometimes <sighs> it's very, very difficult though. It's tricky. Yeah. But like what's the advice in that? Like be ignorant. Well, <laughs> no, no, but you know, it, it's difficult to know what you don't know. If you don't know what hmm. you don't know, you know, I, I think that it, it, it's easy to be naive. Yeah. And especially when you're young, I mean, how are you supposed to know every single thing that's going to happen out there in the world? You right. know, I mean, we don't want to, um, you know, make everyone really scared about all the horrible things that could happen out there, mm-hmm. which actually can happen. Right. right. You don't want to not drive a car ever because you know the accident rate of, mm. and death rate, right? Yeah, yeah. There are certain things that you could <laughs> say like, oh, well, now that I know all the odds of everything, I am no longer doing anything, right? I mm. mean, you kind of have to- So there's to... a fear factor that you're emphasizing with this quote. Yeah, kind of. I think that, that well, that's maybe- it, it, I, I think that's a component for sure. I think it's one component. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is, it is nice to just- appreciate the moment and not be i don't know i it's an interesting quote it's a really interesting point to me (laughs) because i I just feel like there is i do agree with it sometimes that ignorance is bliss Mm -hmm. i do i agree too you know um sometimes it's i mean i i I would say that the horrors of what happened in world war ii in the nazi concentration camps are absolutely essential for us all to understand and know Mm -hmm. about because we don't ever want that to happen ever again yes Right. Right. Now, do you have to know like the absolute gory details and like all, you know, there are certain, maybe you do. Maybe. Right. You maybe know, in certain, certain, in that type of yeah. way, it's, it's more impactful of a lesson. Right. You know what I mean? Right. To me, this quote is kind of relevant to the idea of putting on your blinders. Yeah. And the benefit of putting on your blinders when you're trying to accomplish a goal and you don't want to hear the noise around you that could have an influence on your performance. Yeah. Recognizing that the competition is not you against others, but it's you against your personal best or going after something that you believe you can attain that maybe others don't see the same viewpoint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when it comes to the question of does happiness should one purposely ignore the whole story it's a balance to me it's a, it's a bit of a balance it's a little dance and yeah. i believe and this is john bun's random opinion i believe that you got to keep up to date with what's going on but you can't let something influence you so much that it takes you off course right and so when it comes to the idea of happiness just make sure you're in the loop, but don't get so caught up into it that that story is defining 
more of your action than it should be right. in a negative direction. Right. That was a little hard to explain, but I can give an example maybe yeah. to try to explain a little bit better. There's a lot of individuals that sometimes get too caught up into the news. Right. And you could watch the news all day long, honestly. You could just keep it on all the time. And when one little thing comes out, it has a huge influence on how you're feeling and the way that it, the news is portrayed, it could be primarily negative feelings because yeah. you're only getting things that grab people's attention. And I think that it's important that people stay up to date with the news, but not get so engulfed into it Yeah. when kind of the big reality is a lot of the news doesn't have a direct effect on your daily life. Right. And more often than not, doesn't have a direct effect on your personal short and long-term goals. Yeah. So therefore, I do believe it's necessary to put up some boundaries. Yeah, boundaries are good. With yeah. The, with the stories, you know, of, of the external when it comes to the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, I would also say that's very, I think that's a great example. I would also say another example would be commentary on social media, right? I mean, mm. some celebrities or influencers I mean, if you read every single one, what is that doing to you? It's yeah. really not, it's actually, you don't need to read every single negative thing that someone says because it usually has more to do about them mm -hmm. than to do with you, right? right? And so sometimes, again, you don't need to read all of the negative things that someone says about you. You don't know who they are. Yeah. They're, you know, hidden behind the computer, whatever. Also, I mean, another interesting example is, you know, when we were left to go start the social venture life out of the box in Nicaragua, if I had known what I know now, I mean, in terms of research and entrepreneurship and the failure rate and all that stuff. May not have even gone. Would I have done it? Yeah. You know, a little bit of ignorance and courage actually goes a long way sometimes in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, because, I mean, honestly, I remember multiple people saying, like, we, what, you're do what you guys are doing is actually crazy. Like, what are you doing? Did you really think this through? Yeah. And we were like, we thought it through enough for us to pull the trigger. So, and that's good enough for us, oh, you know? Well so said. you have to kind of say, I, I've got it. I don't need to get into analysis paralysis because otherwise I'm not going to do anything. Yes. You know, so action is key. Action is key. That That's, I think there's a lot of nugs. We weren't, we don't have to be super specific yeah. on that exact point. But if you break all the things we said in that statement, because there's a lot in there. Yeah. I think that there's some advice as to how one can find that balance of I have enough information to make a decision or I have enough information to focus on other things now yeah and now i'll block it out right you know yeah it is it's a tough one but i think that we did a pretty good job of breaking it down different aspects of it exactly so this one is uh this one's a little bit simplistic but i think it's worthy still of having a little discussion of it happiness is a long walk in beautiful unfamiliar mountains mm. I do think a lot of happiness comes from being outdoors and walking. Yeah. Like walking is being present. Walking is being connected with your external environment. Yeah. And I would, if I were to break, change that, I would make it more bland. So it's not specific to mountains. It could be, it could be a beach. It could be sand. It could be. Uh, an environment it's it, just it a foreign a forest, environment right. i would i would just go as broad as an environment a foreign environment yeah going on a walk through in a foreign environment because really changing up your environment is such a great way to instantly put your mind into discovery mode 
right? Mm -hmm. Discovery. You're like discovering new things. You've never seen this plant before. You've never seen this bird. You've never seen this insect. You've never seen, you know, you've never felt this like, I mean, wind has different smells all around the world, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you you really, all of a sudden, your senses are heightened because you've never experienced this before. Mm. And I do think that there's something really amazing that happens to us all on that very first time of discovering and walking through a foreign land. Yeah, and it could could even be an environment that you've walked many times before, but it's always looking around and seeing what's different. Things are always different. Nothing's always the same every time you walk through. Exactly. There may be a new bird that arrives there, or perhaps if you're in a city, it's a whole new group of individuals that are walking around there as well. Yeah. And acknowledging those differences can provide that same uh, sense of fulfillment as an unfamiliar mountain. I love that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So go outside for a walk and just, Observe and appreciate the uniqueness of this walk versus your other walks. Yeah. It's never the same. Perfectly said. All right, here we go. It's a mistake to think that happiness is the goal. Oh man, that's so deep. That's like the freaking whole movie, isn't it? It is. It's a mistake to think that happiness is a goal. Yeah, this is a really good one because again what it, what is if if your goal is elusive how do you ever achieve it so what should the goal be well so if happiness equals elusiveness right <laughs> okay we're like bringing down yeah break-ly. kind of right if happiness is elusive right and yes. so then if your goal equals happiness then your goal equals elusiveness right okay. yeah, yeah. so you can't really get to the goal you can't achieve that goal how do you achieve something that is elusive well goal setting theory states that goals should be specific yeah measurable attainable exactly uh reachable happiness is i mean there have (laughs) been there's like a whole industry of people writing books and like trying to understand research going into what is happiness trying to measure happiness yeah happiness is not specific it's not specific and it's very difficult to measure we actually don't have like a real quantitative way to measure happiness right and i would argue that happiness is also not difficult too yeah but then yeah some maybe some people would say some people yeah it's so i yeah this is a really really great one because I, i think part of it is is you know if if you're just constantly, it kind of goes back to like the whole idea of expectations over reality, right? If you're mm-hmm. searching for happiness constantly and if you're searching for it, it means you don't have it. Mm. You're searching for it. You don't have it. Hmm. You don't currently have it. And so you're constantly searching for it, meaning that you just are convincing yourself that you don't have it. Yeah. What if you just said like, I am happy. Well, maybe it, it gets more simple as to like, what are you searching for? What, what is your goal? What is your lifelong goal? Your number one lifelong goal? Well, I think a lot of people say, I just want to be happy. I just want a happy life. Right? Well, okay. That's, I, Why? I think, well, it's There's just. got to be more to people than just that, right? Yeah. This is when, he, I think this is the part of the movie where he's up in the mountains and uh, I think maybe in Tibet or something and, yeah, and talking right. with a monk. And um, yeah, I mean, he just kind of basically says, you know, what I'm trying to understand what happiness is. And the monk is, you know, answering a question with a question <laughs> constantly and saying, keep on going and. He said, yeah, well, maybe the goal shouldn't ever be to find happiness. Yeah. You just. It's a mistake to think that happiness is the goal. So maybe the key is figuring out what is the goal. Yeah. What is the goal? Yeah. If it's not happiness, what should the goal be? Kind of gets down to like life purpose. 
Yeah. If you find your life purpose, then if you pursue your life purpose, that should lead to happiness. Yeah, perhaps. Well, that was a little deep. That but is what, a deep what are your one. thoughts on that? I, I, well, perhaps happiness can't be controlled by us. Mm. Perhaps some happiness oh, is a bit out of our control. Right there. Yeah. Perhaps it's not. But something... is it? I don't know. I mean, sometimes I do feel that our highs and lows. We we say we have these waves, and sometimes we're really on a big high, super grateful for whatever we accomplished, or we're just feeling really good. But we also recognize that that's a temporary phase, and lows are inevitable. And so, in that type of discussion. You might be dead on in the fact that happiness is not fully in our control. Yeah. Maybe it is in our control to a certain degree. To an extent, but not mm. all the way. Yeah. And, and if you think about why, you know, like the, you know, the background of Buddhism and meditation, I mean, they're really yeah. trying to get to a neutral state of being, right. you know, the most neutral state of being where there's no highs and there's no lows. And that requires the suppression. I mean, it, I don't know if it would be, I would say that a suppression of happiness, but I would say of the acceptance of just things that come at you, Hmm. you know, and just not reacting to them with sadness or happiness, right? Just trying to be be neutral. Yeah. That's interesting. But then if you're just neutral, you don't get the happiness. Yeah. Well, so therefore it could be argued that if that's the idea, then if you want happiness, you must endure the lows. If you want the highs, you got to endure the lows. And if, yeah, if you endure high or if you get the opportunity of highs, the only way you'll recognize it's a high is if you've experienced lows. That's true. And, oh, and perhaps some, perhaps some are just trying to stabilize the highs and the lows, right? With, yeah. with, um, with meditation. I mean, it's, it's just the acceptance. It's the acceptance that a lot of things happen that are completely out of your control. Yeah. I would say our life is very volatile in highs and lows of roller coaster. Yeah, I would say so. But I would also say it's stable in terms of, we know we have each other and we're really, we know how yeah. happy we are to be together. We're each other's rocks down yeah. the lows. And I also would argue, and it, this may just be a false perspective, but I would love your thoughts on this. I would argue we have way more highs than lows or else we wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it definitely, we're happy people. I'm I obviously would, a little biased. We are very happy people. I would say that we just are very open about having lows probably more so than most people are right yeah. we're well, very open we about that podcast. here <laughs> yeah well i mean i just think that it's important to be honest about that because it's just the human condition i mean you can't yeah. it's like you don't know darkness without light right yeah. you can't have happiness without sadness you, you have to know the two and yeah. unless you are a buddhist monk trying to achieve the level of enlightenment of being completely neutral and just mm-hmm. accepting what happens to you yeah um and not reacting to it mm-hmm. then you know you're gonna have to deal with with the yin and the yang yeah we always say the grass always seems greener you really think about it we have been very honest on this podcast and i think a lot of people when if they're fully exposed or honest with themselves they admit that they have highs and lows as a normal part of their life regardless of how stable their life may be perceived exactly and you know we look at this was sad news Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced. Yeah. And that was shocking to everyone. But why was it shocking? It was shocking because when you're looking at it from a distance, wealthy, some of the wealthiest people in the world making some of the greatest positive impact that the earth has ever seen yep. in its history. Yep. And how could things 
ever go wrong. Yeah, they have kids together. They've been together for so long since they were both in Microsoft. They look so complimentary. But you know what? I think that the truth is, is you know, we all have our own our own experiences, and they could be private, and they mm-hmm. you know might be surprising to other people. But so you're know. not alone when you're feeling down. You this should, is a normal yeah. part so, of the cycle, and I think you, yeah. it is getting back to that point you said. Maybe happiness isn't fully in our control. Yeah. How's deep? So therefore it can't be a goal. Exactly. Ooh, man, we're dropping bombs right here. So let's try <laughs> another one. You ready for yeah. another one? Happiness is being with the people you love. Unhappiness is being separated from the people you love. Wow. That's deep, right? That is deep. I'm trying to remember what part of the movie that came up in. Do you remember if that was like the beginning of because he he's with his girlfriend yeah and they're they're doing long distance skypes because this yeah. is 2014 yeah. and he was missing her i believe and i'm trying to break that down love is a strong thing love is a strong thing i i would say you know it, it depends obviously how long mm-hmm. people are apart right yes, and that's i a would good i would say also you know how there are and the diff- relationship too. The relationship, yeah. And just, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. I would say that that's very rel- relative to the, the relationship movie. and the person that, you know, you're talking about. Yeah. Obviously, like, yeah, I mean, if, if I had to be away from you half of the year, that would really suck. I would not be very happy well, <laughs> about had, that, right? We definitely had a moment where for work, you had to be gone for a few weeks. And we honestly, we thought... No, no problem. We'll be fine. We'll Skype and FaceTime. Dude, that hurt. That yeah. hurt really bad to the point where we had to completely change our plans yeah. to get back together. And I think at that point we were like, I can't do that anymore. That's not fun. Yeah. Well, I also think though today we have the ability to actually, you know, cause we miss our family members too and our friends and Love all of that them. stuff. We have the ability to actually stay in touch and stay close right yeah. there. But there are still places around the world where it's really difficult to actually mm. like hear from anyone yeah imagine if we were like 40 years ago yeah like 20 years ago exactly you could do phone call yeah but even if you go before that you're doing letters what's the vibe of connecting in that sense yeah it's hard it's very hard but i do love my facetimes i love i love facetime friends and family and just messing around on it you know me too and Mm -hmm. there's nothing better than being in person but at the same time, we got to be very grateful for the fact that we can still get that sense of connection because there is a, I would, and I'm not sure if you would agree with this in, in complete, but I feel a big difference between just an audio phone call and seeing the other person right there. Yeah. FaceTime is meaningful. It is yeah. seeing the other person for sure. It wasn't even that long ago when it like came out and it was like such a game changer. It was, I know. It's kind of crazy. It is. You ready for another one? Yes. All right. Happiness is having a job that you love. What are your thoughts on that? I like that. I do like it a lot. It is a little cliche. I'm not going to lie about it. It is. I would say, yeah, I mean, if your job is nine to five or if your job is even more than nine to five, right? I mean, think about how much, how much time of your life is spent on your job. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if the majority of your time is actually spent at a job yeah. working, I hope that you like it. Yeah. Because otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. Happiness is doing a job you love. If that's true, then it really comes down to finding a purpose from your job. I agree. Does that make sense? Yes. If you find the purpose meaningful to you, 
And what what's meaningful to you may not be meaningful to others, and therefore that's not the right job fit. But right. if it's meaningful to you, logically speaking, it should lead to happiness, right? That's what it's all about. Absolutely. So that's, I think that one, even though we're saying it's a little cliche and it almost sounds so simple, I don't think people really take a step back and really think about it. Yeah. The way that we do for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, you just got to think about why are you, why are you at the job? And I, again, we, I, I keep on saying, I understand there are some people who need a job just to be able to get some sense of, you know, stability in their, in their life, whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, they want to make sure that they can pay their rent because they haven't been able to pay their rent before. You know, yeah. like there are reasons why you may have a job that you don't necessarily love in that moment. Right. But eventually I think that it is really important to have that connection with what you're doing. Right. right? But, but at the same time, if, if their job is, they're choosing their job, even though they may not love it, but they're choosing it to be able to provide for their family or provide some sense of security. Isn't that still having a purposeful job? Yeah, I definitely, Mm. I I agree. I I would say, you know, your purpose and and you love it. I mean, the thing that you don't want is you have a job that you absolutely hate. Yeah. That's obviously connected to (laughs) unhappiness, right? If you hate going into your job, you hate it. Why? That should be, you know, a signal to you to like really figure out, okay, obviously I it, it, I need like, to make a change. It's really obvious that I don't want this. And it's sometimes really helpful to actually know what you don't want. So it's kind of listening to your your instincts about it, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Listen to listen to your heart. Exactly. Well, I appreciate and I love our search and discovery of happiness. It's kind of been a lot of fun. I agree. Some I of love it gets deep. It does. It gets deep really quick, but you know, honestly, when we're on a when one is on a journey to achieve happiness Mm -hmm. it is very elusive and it's difficult to really you know grasp so it deserves a conversation it deserves a conversation and it's worthy of us just thinking about it yeah so and talking about it so i appreciate the conversation i appreciate all of you listening exactly we look forward to speaking with you all tomorrow we'll talk to you then bye Bye.